Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. The greatest of all time. Because we want to learn, what does that mean? And how does that apply to your life, to mine? Let me ask you a question to start us off. How many of you want to be successful in your life? Would you raise your hand if you do? All right. Of course. How many of you want to be great? Would you raise your hand? Now, you know what? I think we should raise our hand for that also. That sounds a little egotistical when you, when you raise your hand for that. But I'm telling you, we were created by the greatest, our God, to be great because we're created in His image with all kinds of potential and the ability to reflect His image wherever we go in our lives. So God wants that for us. But we have to ask a question as we start this series. And that question is this. What does greatness really mean? And how do I know if I'm great? So this series is going to ask, who is the greatest of all time? And of course, our answer is Jesus. And so what we want to do is to study about his greatness, and in studying his greatness, we want to learn the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As we start in our journey of two years of truth, of learning what the Bible really teaches us about God, and about his plan for this world, and about our lives, so we know how to apply his truth to our lives and live it out every day. So today, we start out with the greatest birth of all times. We're all prejudiced towards our children, but there's one that was the greatest, and that was Jesus Christ. We read about it in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Notice what it says. In the beginning, the Word. Now, that term Word means Jesus, okay? So, in the beginning, Jesus already existed, all right? The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Jesus Christ, the Word. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Now let me ask you a question. I really don't want you to answer it. I'm going to tell you three or four answers. But uh, how long ago do you think creation was done? And some people are going to say, oh, about six, 7,000 years ago, okay, because they believe in seven days. Some people are going to say, oh, hundreds of thousands of years ago. Some people are going to say millions of years ago. And if you're an evolutionist, you have to say billions and billions and billions of years ago because it would take that long for everything to to come into being. So we ask the question, uh, when did creation begin? Now, I've been around a long time, but I really don't know because I wasn't there, okay? (laughs) All right? But I will tell you this. Jesus Christ was before that because Jesus existed out of time. And this is a real problem for us. I've talked about it before. Let me do it one more time. We have a problem because we are locked into a time-space continuum. So everything we do is built around some kind of time, a calendar, a clock, a schedule. Whatever it may be, 
We are built into time. God is out of time because he's eternal. See, when you're eternal, there's no such thing as time because it doesn't matter. For us, we got 70, 80 years, maybe 90 if we really, really, really hold together, okay? But then it's over. So we've just got this small little bit of time, and so we're just so built around time. But Jesus existed out of time. And what amazes me is because he existed out of time and created everything that there is, it amazes me that he was willing to humble himself and come to this earth and take upon himself a limited, limiting human form and dwell with us and be tempted just like we are tempted but without sin, and then to let people take him and kill him on a cross, and then to let his father raise him from the dead so that he could offer salvation to all who would believe in him. But to think of this God who existed out of time, came into time so that he could identify with you and with me. And it all comes through him. So our study these next couple of years are going to be about this Christ. The New Testament where we see him. The Old Testament where we see him. How he's the, he's the theme of everything of the Bible. Because it was all part of God's plan that this greatest birth would happen on this earth. Jesus Christ. He is truly the greatest of all time. Here we have the Old Testament scriptures and all that God did during that time. And then 400 years before Jesus was born, God stopped doing anything for the Jewish nation. And it's just amazing to me when I think about that. You read the end of the book of Malachi in the Old Testament and right there for 400 years, I mean, this God who created the heavens and the earth, you know, and had all these superstars at the beginning like uh, uh, Adam and Eve and Abel and Noah and all that. And then Abraham came on the scene and God met with him and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Uh, uh, it's going to be great all over the world. And out of your nation, out of your seed is going to come one who will bless the whole world. And then God had some of his people in there, you know, that, that did all kinds of marvelous stories in, in, in the, the early Testament books of the Old Testament. And, and then the kings came on the scene, and you have David, and, and you have Solomon, and you have many other kings during that time. And then the kings started messing up, so God sent prophets, and God spoke through the prophets to, to the people of Israel and to the kings of Israel, telling them, you got to shape up, or God will have to not bless you the way he has. And it's just amazing as you read the Old Testament stories, these prophets, you know, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. I just wanted you to know that I've been to seminary. So the thing is, <laughs> but all those guys and all those women, the judges and the prophets and the kings and all the, God was working through all them. God was just so busy all through the Old Testament. And then all of a sudden, silence. Silence. For 400 years, 
there was nothing. And you know what's amazing is that that reminds me of sometimes our lives. Because there are times where it seems like almost God's silent. You know, sometimes we pray and we believe, and it doesn't seem like he does what we've asked. Uh, there, there, are, there are times where we wait for him to act, and it just seems like it takes him forever. You know? <laughs> you know, God's not locked into our schedules. He doesn't look at time the way we do. And the Bible puts it this way, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. But the big thing is to wait on the Lord because he wants to do things in his time and in his way because ultimately that works out best for us and it brings the most glory to him. But it seems like God's just not doing anything. For the Jews, they, 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 they just had to be saying, where's this God? We read all these scriptures, and he's been so busy, and now he's doing nothing. Doesn't even seem like he exists anymore. And then one night, there was a star. And it broke through the darkness, and it shone brighter than before. And some shepherds saw it, and later down the way, some wise people saw it. But then it shone over this little town called Bethlehem. And that star pointed to a light that would become bright in the midst of, of a lot of religious and personal darkness. It was the greatest birth of all time, and it took place. And Jesus was born. And from that time on, from his birth, see, God had to get everything in place so that it was just exactly right for Jesus to be born and become our Savior. So there are two reasons for Jesus' birth. The first one is this. Jesus was born to be the promised eternal king. Now understand something. All the Old Testament... All throughout the Old Testament, there were these signs that something great was going to come. There was going to be this person called the Messiah. And the Messiah was going to come and, and save his people from their sins. So they had this Old Testament picture of it. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, we see an angel, Gabriel, come to Mary. And he tells her about that. Notice what he says. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. There's that line running through, right out of King David's line, right through Abraham, through King David, right on through to Joseph and Jesus. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And that word means deliverer. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, 
And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now that's Old Testament prophecy that Gabriel said is going to be fulfilled through this one that's going to be born through you, Mary. This one you call Jesus. The greatest birth of all times. Now what's interesting is when Jesus came to earth, a lot of people thought this Messiah... Oh, he's going to he's gonna defeat Roman Empire because they've been persecuting us. And he's going to do away with all this religious hypocrisy of these Pharisees. And he's going to overturn all of this stuff that's bad. They thought he would become a deliverer of people from a place or an occupier. But he came not to do that, but to deliver people from sin and death and into eternal life with God. God. So here's the key statement. Jesus is the evidence that God keeps every one of his promises in his time and in his way, and that he did that then, and he does that now, and he will do that forever. God's promises, the Bible says, are yea and amen. It means, in other words, when God says something, he will do it, but it's in his time and in his way. That's the reason we wait on the Lord. We don't quit believing. We wait on the Lord to do his work in his time, in his way. Now, the second reason Jesus was born is this. Jesus was born to be the promised humble servant. Now, this is just amazing to me, okay? It's almost unbelievable. It makes no real human sense. Notice what we read in Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and laid him in a manger. Now there's the important word. <laughs> because there was no lodging available for them. Just think about that. God didn't just come into this world as a human being. But, and that's humbling enough. But he was also born in a stable. Now that makes no sense to me on February the 2nd. Now, I'm going to tell you why. Because if I were God, okay, Jesus would have been born tonight at halftime, okay? <laughs> In that stadium on the 50-yard line, and there would be 100-plus million people watching, and there'd be a golden cradle there, and they'd be rocking that baby, and that would be the halftime performance, okay, at the Super Bowl tonight, see? That's what I would have done if I had been God. But just think. This one through whom God made all that was made was born for us in poverty. They couldn't even find a place for him. They had to send him out with, with the animals. Okay? Here's the key. He came as the promised mighty Savior, yet as a humble servant, 
And he lived as a humble servant, and he died as a humble servant. And the reason he did that was so he could identify with you and with me. And Mark chapter 10, verse 45, puts it so powerfully. Notice what it says. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for others, for many. Jesus Christ, the creator of the world, the son of God, God himself, humbled himself, was made in likeness like you and me, and he died to pay the penalty for our sinfulness. I mean, that's the greatest birth this world has ever known. And today this humble one reigns as king of kings and lord of lords. And just as Jesus did all he did in obedience to his father, he asks you and me now, follow me, believers. If you can believe I am the son of God and that I paid the penalty for your sinfulness and that I am alive and ready to do great things through your life, then follow me. And As we follow him, we let that great life that he has be lived out through us every day. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.